Hello and welcome to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the number one result on Google for Autonomous Cars podcasts. Twice a week, we'll discuss the products, technology, law, policy, and societal impacts of autonomous vehicles as they bring about the greatest step change in humanity since the Industrial Revolution. I'm Mark Hogue, a California licensed attorney turned entrepreneur, and I've spent the past eight years founding and running two startups. I attended UCLA, Go Bruins, where I spent nearly the entire first four years on a mostly engineering track before finally graduating with an econ degree in my fifth year. I've become a recognized expert in the autonomous vehicle space, and you can find me on all social media channels at Autonomous Hogue, and of course my website, markhogue.com. Today, Friday, the 8th of February, 2019, episode 81, air traffic control for autonomous cars, Amazon gets serious about autonomous delivery, and we discuss 5G for autonomous cars, how it's going to be deployed, how it should work, and most importantly, why it matters. All this right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so to kick things off today, there's an interesting approach being taken by the University of Michigan, specifically the University of Michigan Transportation Research Institute, that's the UMTRI. So generally, as we all know, uh, autonomous vehicles need to be tested with human backup drivers sat in the driver's seat, because of course they do. Um, The problem with this, though, is that it kind of it kind of undermines the whole point of autonomous cars, namely the cost reduction by not needing human drivers. Uh, Yes, of course, this is arguably temporary during the testing phase only, but that still keeps costs really, really high. Well, the idea here uh, put forth by UMTRI is that you shouldn't need to have one backup driver physically sat inside the car. Rather, you should have remote backup drivers at various control centers that only step in to intervene if and when necessary. And so in this way, for you know N number of cars, rather than needing N backup drivers, you would need some value X backup drivers where X is quite a bit lower than N. This would, of course, help keep costs in check. Um, it's an intriguing idea, I suppose. And if it sounds at least vaguely familiar, that's because it should. Um, we discussed quite a while back a startup called Starsky Robotics. They are autonomous commercial trucking company, except they aren't really. The trucks themselves aren't, strictly speaking, autonomous. Rather, they are remotely controlled by, well, remote human operators. So essentially, then, they are drone trucks. So to kind of flesh out really how UMTRI's system would work, uh, and this is coming from an article I will link you to over at my website, markhoag.com. This website is called techexplore.com. Um... 
the, the, the explanation is something like this. So, so basically, software on the vehicle um, is able to analyze the real-world conditions around the car. It then makes a guess, something like 10 to 20, 30 seconds in the future, to decide, is it going to need help negotiating whatever is coming up um, in, you know, in the next 10 to 30 seconds? If it thinks that it will need help with this, and this is determined apparently based on whether this likelihood uh, is in excess of some sort of preset threshold – then the vehicle will contact a remote human driver, essentially saying, hey, I need help. Please take over. So, so I think one example, obvious example, is suppose it's driving along and little by little the conditions are getting worse and worse. And if only due to the conditions themselves, but perhaps other vehicles further down the road, the car determines, you know, I'm not going to be able to see the road sufficiently well. I'm going to need some help. Well, it then pings the nearest human backup driver in some remote control center, which then takes over and uh, is able to essentially help the car continue on its way. Um, I think this is a pretty novel idea, and I think it's certainly a fine idea, um, especially considering the best estimates for fully, truly level five cars are roughly a decade out, say the late 2020s, early 30, uh, 2030s. Um, and so I think it's fine. I, I do think it's a bit of a stopgap solution. It's sort of certainly sort of an interim thing. And obviously, once level five cars are fully fleshed out, obviously this this solution is not going to be necessary by definition. But so be it. Um, I, I think it's a pretty clever idea. I mean, why not? Um, and actually, now that I think about it, this kind of segues pretty neatly into our third topic today about 5G. We'll get to that in a bit, because obviously the question coming to my mind is, you know, again, you're going to have an issue with latency here. And so the question is, what kind of network will they be able to implement where they've sufficiently solved the latency problem? This then goes to the discussion of 5G and how potentially, you know, it's a really big deal for autonomous vehicles. Depending on whom you ask, it either is or isn't really helpful or totally useless. Um, so we'll get into that a bit later today. Uh, but suffice to say, if any of you know or can make an introduction to Walter Lasecki, he's the assistant professor of computer science and engineering at the University of Michigan. He's the leader of this particular project. I would certainly welcome an intro. So thanks very much to any of you for that. So as far back as at least a year, I had been saying, really to no one's surprise, that Amazon was going to get really heavily involved in the autonomous car game. Certainly, they've had a division within Amazon working towards autonomous car tech, and now news is out that Aurora, another self-driving car company, has just raised $530 million from Sequoia, and Amazon contributed quite a bit as well. Though, curiously, I can't find how much Amazon pitched into this investment round. Uh, in any event, what's interesting about Aurora, which, by the way, is co-founded by um, uh, Chris Ermson, formerly the CTO of self-driving car company at Alphabet, which, of course, eventually became Waymo. Um, what's interesting about Aurora is that they are not actually developing their own cars. Rather, they are working with folks like Volkswagen, Hyundai, and even Byton uh, in China, which, by the way, if you haven't seen their cars yet, check out a couple photos I shared of their bleeding, beautiful vehicles at CES. You can find those photos over at my Instagram, at Autonomous Hogue. Um, so, so effectively then, really, Aurora is kind of competing with the likes of Waymo, somewhat ironically, uh, as well as Zooks and Ford's Argo AI and GM's Cruise Automation. Obviously, Amazon's endgame here is to do whatever it can to get into delivery. They've certainly been working on doing drone delivery. They even bought up a couple Boeing jets for effectively having their own aircraft delivery services. And now, of course, they want to get into autonomous vehicle delivery, 
This is not unusual. Uh, we talked a bit about certain of the autonomous delivery cover, uh, companies that I covered over at CES. There was uh, Udelve and ThorDrive. Um, you know, it goes without saying that, of course, autonomous vehicles will be perfect for delivery. So, so seeing the extent to which Amazon's going to invest in a company which can provide for them vehicles to fast track this end game, that's really no surprise at all. I'm just kind of surprised it took this long to hear such an announcement. And I think I'm not alone in this sentiment. I think a lot of folks were equally surprised that, yeah, it's taken until February of 2019 for such a thing to happen. But so be it. I mean, um, look, I don't have much else to report on this for the time being. Uh, obviously, though, autonomous Amazon delivery vehicles is essentially a foregone conclusion and in my mind has been for quite some time. So I want to talk a bit about 5G. And uh, unless you live in Marin County in Northern California, in which case you're probably convinced that 5G will turn you into some sort of a mutant, albeit one without awesome superpowers, uh, chances are you're pretty excited about 5G because it's more and better and faster. If I'm not mistaken, it promises a theoretical data throughput of something like 20 gigabits per second with practical end user experience of like one gigabit, which is just astronomically awesome. Um, But the real most important selling point, arguably, about 5G, at least as pertains to autonomous vehicles, is its latency. So latency, uh, if you're not familiar, is kind of what it sounds like. It's It's the delay between which you input something and you get a response. So the easiest way to imagine this, I think, frankly, is with a video game. So imagine pressing the fire button only to have your character fire its weapon half a second later. This may not sound like a big deal, but if you think about it, it's the difference between winning and losing. Well, the promise with 5G is that in contrast to today's existing cellular technologies, and indeed really any other even wired technology, which typically offer latencies in the range of 30 to 100 milliseconds, 5G promises something on the order of one millisecond of latency. And that makes a big deal. Uh, that, that makes it a very big deal. It's a big difference there. Um, and so for autonomous vehicles, um, th- th- this really matters a lot, potentially anyway, right? So if you think back to the previous segment, we talked about remote control human operators for cars. Yeah, you obviously can't have a delay, right? So if a human operator needs to jump in and control a car remotely, um, you, you, you know, <laughs> a, 30 to, a 30 to 100 millisecond delay is just not good enough. It's going to have to be effectively in real time or with a one millisecond delay. There's just one small problem. Um, how do you deploy these things so that there's no dead zones? So obviously, even with 4G LTE, there are certainly dead zones here and there. Well, the problem with 5G is that it operates at a really high frequency, which is especially susceptible to interference. Well, the end result is that 5G is going to be much lower power, but much shorter range. So effectively, you're going to need to deploy 5G radio towers, well, everywhere, This, of course, is why people are freaking out that, oh my goodness, 5G is going to cause me to grow a third set of eyes. Um, So this is the concern, this is the problem, and it's a bit of a, it's a really tricky thing to figure out, right? Um, I'm not a cellular engineer, obviously, um, but just thinking out loud, uh, yeah, I don't know what the solution is at all. I mean, on the one hand, you need 5G, presumably, to assist autonomous vehicles, uh, as we discussed, with certainly remote operation, but also to the extent of being able to offload some of their processing from the car and into the cloud. But on the other hand, if you've got massive dead zones of 5G everywhere, how is this going to work? Uh, It just isn't. So 
Look, I, I, I get it. Depending on whom you ask, 5G either is or isn't exceedingly obviously necessary for autonomous cars. Some folks say it's certainly going to be helpful, but not necessary. Others say it could be just incredibly, incredibly useful and indeed necessary. So I get it. There's, there's a lot of sort of uncertainty. Um, I just saw an interview actually with the general manager of Voyage, the autonomous car company, um, and they are hugely uh, excited about the promise of 5G and in fact claim that it's essentially going to be uh, necessary for autonomous vehicles. So there's obviously a lot of uncertainty and debate about all this, but at the end of the day, it comes down to this. How do you deploy this stuff? How are you going to deploy a sufficient number of 5G radio towers, which have extremely limited range, such that you effectively end up with no dead zones. We haven't even managed to figure that out with 4G. So I don't know. That's the question. If any of you listening happen to have any expertise and knowledge about 5G, or I guess about cellular towers generally, uh, please shoot me a note. Um, frankly, I'd love to actually have you on the show. We can do a chat, do a brief chat about this. And, uh, you know, please teach us, <laughs> how is 5G going to be deployed? That's the question. Obviously, you can reach out to me over at markhogue.com through Twitter at Autonomous Hogue. Send me a note. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. would love to have you on the show. All right, well, that's a wrap for today and indeed for this week. I'll see you back here on Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. Until then, bye-bye.